Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's up, there was Daniel? The second one. Usually there's a second one. I do? A second one? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I'm feeling one. crazy. And I give the double DIY money. Not the feeling double crazy today? You got a grande coffee. I am dragging backside today, and I don't know why. Well, I have some suspicions. How far did you run? Six and a half That's miles. That's far for you. That's my Thursday. Tuesdays and Thursdays, six and a half miles. Take you like crew. 30 minutes. Yeah, I wish. No. But I ran a bluegrass 10,000 on Tuesday, which is a... Those of you unaware, not in the Lexington or surrounding areas, is a big 4th of July run in town. Hot. It gets hot. It's always hot. It starts there. at 730, but by a few miles in, the sun is baking. I haven't done it in the last several years because of that reason, but since we run on Tuesdays and Thursdays with this crew, it was yeah, it just made sense to do it. I'm pretty tired. I think I'll go home now. We cool. all did it that day. Yep, and some of my the gal, one of the gals that's in our running club, she placed second in her. Whoa! My son's swim coach was first in her age group. Impressive. Under seven minute miles, she did. Shake and bite. Unfathomable. It was I. I barely broke eights. It was I was struggling. I'm not gonna lie. Hmm. It was rough. It was hot. How was your July Fourth? We didn't see you at the shindig. Hot. Yeah. We didn't see you at the company event. We missed you in sack races. I couldn't even participate. I was like, Daniel's my partner. No participation. They ex- Bummer, yeah. Ex- we hang out in our neighborhood with our neighbors and, uh, yeah, have fun. But do you it was do hot. fireworks or do the kids yeah, go Yeah, we out? do fireworks. Like, it's still daylight out when we do fireworks. So our you kids, do, the, like, the end of the driveway fireworks. Yeah, just yeah. that for the kids. Just yeah. enough to celebrate like, and then get them in bed. fireworks. Have yeah. they seen a big firework display yet? Do they know what they're missing, or just kind of? No, they don't that? know what they're missing. You're they're like, like fireworks look great in daylight. We're not gonna, we're not gonna share that with you at this juncture. Someday they'll be like, "What? These this is a awesome. thing." Yeah. Oh well, my gosh. for people who don't know, the sun doesn't set till like nine fifteen in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So fireworks happen pretty late here because we're on the far western part of the time zone. I don't know. Yep. They've seen because there was a. Fireworks one year for like New Year's or something, or maybe the cats won something. I don't know. One uh, one time in the winter, there was fireworks in our neighborhood for some reason. Some reason, I don't know what it was. It was a Tuesday, but it was in the winter, in so it was like <laughs> seven p.m. and it was yeah. pitch black out, and uh, so we got to see some of that. But right. yeah, for Fourth of July, we, we we don't keep them up late. I'm not even up that late. I'm like going to bed with bombs going off in the neighborhood and stuff like that. Bombs bursting in air. Sure. Through the night, yeah. I turn on Our my sound machine and I'm there. out. I we have a big festive July Fourth. A few years ago, our son, one of my son's birthday, youngest, is June 26. So we had a party and we're sitting around with a group of people that you know came to celebrate his birthday. Oh, what are you doing on July Fourth? Eh, nothing really. What are you doing? Nothing really. And, of course, you know, me, I'm like, hey, bud, let's party. So we threw a last-minute party. That was four or five years ago. And I think we had 50 or 60 people show up for that 
party. Yeah. That that thrown together party. Well, now it's become an, a now it's become a thing. What's great about it? Here's what's amazing about it. Is there's a firework display in the next neighborhood over that. Mm-hmm. Rivals, and this year, my understanding crushed the city of Lexington's firework display. So I don't know what happened there, but apparently, the city of Lexington did not do a great firework display. I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you're part of the city and the Parks and Rec or whoever puts that on. But the neighborhood next to ours, actually, no pun intended, known as Firebrook, puts on a firework display that is amazing. So it's walkable from our house. You can't see it from our house, but it is walkable to get to the prime location. So here's what's great about this shindig. It starts around 4, right? So fashionably late, people show up about 4.30. Logan was there at 3.59. He was, like, cleaning the Frisbee, the uh, uh, can jam course. He was just like, or whatever you call it, a pitch. I don't know. What's the can jam thing called, Logan? You know, the court? I don't know. We call it a court. Anyways, uh, 4.30 or so people show up, pre-cook the food, you know, about an hour and a half before everybody shows up. So that's all ready to go. And then everyone's out of my house by 9. Nice. Completely gone. It's phenomenal. No late stragglers. Because when everybody leaves for fireworks, you just lock the doors. And, yeah. Like, absolutely. Don't even come back. Yeah. I mean, Allie showed no back up afterwards party. knocking on the door. I was like, whoa, Allie. Time to go home. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. No, I'm just kidding. No, but you didn't. Nothing. No, not even a stop by. You know, yeah, we're just nothing. hanging out in the hood. All right. Well, anything else going on? No, nope. nothing. Yeah, I think that we've used all of our coffee talk time. Well, let's move on then, because right. we got a couple good questions. But before we go into our question. This podcast and every podcast now sponsored by the one, the only, a Jewel Financial, J-O-U-L-E. Helping people to plan successfully, preserve and protect wealth and grow. I don't know. I'm just, just making stuff things up out on there the now. fly. Yeah, yeah. We're, I always like to try things. But if you are out there listening to the podcast and you have a complex situation that requires or may require the assistance of uh, a financial advisor, hit us up. Go on to the website, jewelfinancial.com. Learn more about our services, especially our wealth development program. Check out Logan's new video. I think that's critical before you do send us a message or we'll send you a link to that video and make sure you watched it. And then, uh, you know, if it's a fit, hit us up and we'll schedule some time. All right, we got a great question today from Sabol. I think I said that right. Sabol, what do you got? D-I-Y! Hey, D-I-Y, guys. This is Sabol from Phoenix, Arizona. Love your show. I have a question related to ESPP. I'm planning to sell my ESPP once uh, it gets vested in my account and buy ETFs from the money I get selling it. What do you guys think about this? Okay, Sabol, pretty straightforward question, but I wanted to bring it out because I don't think, have we ever had a question about employee stock purchase plan? In the last 400 episodes? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) There's probably a good probability we Probably. So this is interesting, Sabol, because employee stock purchase plans, which are a way, traditionally, a way for a legacy owner to divest 
their ownership to the employees, which is often done in a way so that employees can participate in the growth of this particular company, which, again, is often private. I, I don't think there's an employee stock purchase plan. I don't know. Would, would a publicly traded company have an employee stock? Is that the same thing? Is it titled the same thing? Yeah. It is? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, now we don't know if it's public or private. No, like, I mean, when I worked at Starbucks forever ago, the um, the program there where you would buy the stock, I don't know if they still do it, but you'd buy a stock at like a 15% discount. That's an employee stock purchase they plan. They just called it the employee stock purchase plan. I mean, they had like a Starbucks name for it, but mm. it's an employee stock purchase plan. Okay. Is it the same? Am I confusing something in a private company? I think it's, I mean, it's called the same, right? If somebody sets up an employee stock purchase plan. I believe so, but now you're confusing me. Hmm. Okay, I'm just going to keep taking at the angle. So, Sabol, the way I originally thought of this question is, and we work with folks around here who are part of a private company, and at some point or another, the founders of that company wanted to sort of start to exit. And there's a variety of ways to do this, obviously. You can bring in a you know an outside investor or an outside private equity firm or something along those lines that can buy the company uh, over you know outright or over time you can have an employee or a group of employees who sort of step up and say hey we'd like to buy out the owners maybe they go get financing maybe it's an owner financed opportunity or something along those lines or there's a legit methodology by which an employee stock purchase plan is put in place for employees to purchase stock over time, have ownership in this company, participate in the growth in this company, and the original owners sort of divest their interest over time. And often, this can go on forever, quite honestly, and and employees may sell their shares over time to other to other uh, you know workers and shareholders, etc. Now. In that case, and again, you may not be, you might be part of a publicly traded company and you bought shares or you got shares and they, you know, vested and now you're ready to sell and move on. But I'm not going to hit it from that angle. I'll let Daniel talk about his specific example that maybe he did with Starbucks when he worked there. But from my perspective, when I encounter somebody who's participating in that, they are often participating in the growth of a private company that many times is growing faster than a publicly traded company or the markets in general. And they don't have to deal with the fluctuation, watching the fluctuation of a publicly traded stock throughout the course of any given year. Where I grew up in upstate New York, we had Wegmans. Wegmans is a a private grocer, family started and over the time had a had an employee stock purchase plan. And whenever we ran into a Wegmans, longtime Wegmans employee in the first area that I worked, we knew immediately that that individual would have a massive amount of money in their retirement plan because of this employee stock purchase plan. And the reason was is that Wegmans grew at something like 25% a year forever, and I think they still are. And to boot, that individual never had to worry about, oh, the market's down today and my Wegman stock is down. Nope. What happened is every year they did a valuation of the company. 
the valuation of the company said, oh, look, we're always going to be valued at you know five times sales or 10 times EBITDA or whatever the multiple was. And therefore, that's what the stock price is. So every year, that employee would go, oh, my stock raised by 10% or 20% or wow, what a bang up year. It was up by 40%. I don't think in the history of Wegmans, now somebody who has Wegmans stock could come back and go, Quint, you're wrong. During COVID, we got crushed. I have no idea. But I know that when I witnessed that over the years, I don't think they ever had a losing year. I mean, they never had a year where the stock went down. Maybe it didn't go up as much on any given revaluation, but it never went down. So, Sabol, in the situation that this is a private company, my only concern is you are taking money off of the table of a private company that could be growing at a great rate that you're truly invested in. You know all about the business. You know whether it's growing or not. And you're moving that money over to the potential of a public market where you might not be growing as much and you certainly have that daily fluctuation. Now, if you're in a publicly traded company already, <laughs> maybe this whole you know advice I thought I was you know putting out there into the ether because I don't give individual right advice, right, Daniel? That's correct. I, I only give what do I what do we give? We don't give advice. We give education. There we go. Only the education that I put out there might be moot. So, Daniel, you were in an employee stock purchase plan at Starbucks. What say you? Yeah. So after listening to you talk about, it, I think you're talking about when you're talking about private uh, ESOP. Yes. OP as employee exactly stock. Exactly what I'm talking about. Ownership plan. That's exactly what I'm talking versus about. Versus an yep. employee. I knew it was called something different. I that's exactly what I was ta- talking about. Yeah, so versus an ESPP as employee yep. stock purchase plan. So why don't you go ahead and answer Sabol's question and I just answered anybody out there that was thinking as about company, their ESOP. employee stock ownership plan. Thank mm-hmm. you. And they're really pretty similar. There's nuances between the two, which we're not going to go into all the little nuances today. But what you were saying is correct. An ESOP is a way that often you'll see privately held companies um, sort of incentivize employee owners by giving them ownership in the company, etc., and also can be utilized for succession planning for privately held companies. An employee stock purchase plan is often seen in then public companies whereby uh, folks can allocate typically like a percentage of their paycheck or something like that into purchasing shares. So if you're working at a public company, you can purchase the shares. Uh, typically, it's at a discount for a lot of the plans that we've seen. Uh, so, you know, you say five or 10% comes out of your paycheck, then uh, that accrues and all of these programs can be very different. So you're really going to have to look at your benefits manual to understand how your specific program actually works. But uh, the way this worked long ago uh, when I worked at Starbucks, and this was, I mean, decades ago, so they've even probably changed it since, is you would contribute to that uh, throughout the quarter. And at the end of the quarter, in this particular plan, you would get the lowest price, uh, whether that was at the beginning or the end of the quarter. So basically... The stock would trade all throughout the quarter. They would look at the quarter beginning, quarter ending price, and you would purchase the stock at whichever was lower, but then you'd get a discount on that too. So you can imagine in a bull market when stocks are going up, some of these programs can be really lucrative uh, to employees. And and actually in the sort of time period that I worked there, uh, there was quite a few employees, especially uh, folks who got paid better, you know, it's like assistant managers and managers who got uh you know, pretty well compensated through this program because they would continue to purchase, the stock would continue to go up, et cetera. Through some of these programs, uh, at some point, what folks might want to do is uh, sort of diversify out of that employer stock because at some point you can start to get a, 
a pretty good chunk of your portfolio. I mean, if you imagine that you're putting, say, I don't know, 8 to 10% into your 401k, they're matching part of that, but you're also turning around and putting another 5 to 10% into the employee stock, purchasing that at a discount. And if that individual stock does well, you could start to have a, a fairly big chunk of your overall investment portfolio actually in one specific employer stock. So a lot of times we'll work on plans with people and we'll help them to diversify out of that. And uh, what effectively you're talking about is, you know, does it make sense to diversify out of a single stock into a fund? Because uh, an ETF is just a typically a fund of stocks or investments. It could be bonds. It could be uh, other things like um, commodities, etc. Uh, but what you're, all you're really asking is, should I take money out of a company and invest it in a basket of other investments. And really, that obviously depends upon uh, your plan, your goals, uh, your risk tolerance, things like that. So you got to look at the overall plan. And you got to go, you know, if I'm selling shares of, you know, in my case, I worked at Starbucks. I'm selling shares of Starbucks and buying the S&P 500. Does that make sense for the diver- diversification I want to do? Does it make sense for my portfolio? How much, what percentage of my overall portfolio do I want in my employer's stock? Uh, and you got to really answer all of those questions for yourself as you look at your overall portfolio. But does it make sense sometimes to uh, to sell down and, and kind of buy the other? Yes. Now, when we're talking about an ESOP, there's some different nuances into that because that is a private sort of uh, transaction. It's not as simple as an ESPP where you're you're just getting the stock in sort of a brokerage account. You can sell that really easy, diversify stuff like that. So depending on exactly what model you're in, obviously there's going to be some considerations. You down with OPP? Yeah, you know me. The only thing I would add, Sabol, is I've often heard people say, I don't want individual stocks. I want a mutual fund. (laughs) Or I'm going to get away from the risk of owning an individual stock and I'm going to buy an ETF. And there is this sort of misnomer of diversification will solve your volatility issues. And I'm here to tell you that's not the case. And often, depending on the stock, you might be moving away from something that's less volatile and entering the market that ends up being more volatile, which is I know sounds a little backwards, but sometimes that actually can be the case. So I would, again, echo Daniel's comment that it does depend on the overall situation. And I would maybe seek a little guidance there because you don't want to make a a rash decision that ends up costing you a lot of money in the future if you make a poor choice. So be very careful with that because it is an important one for sure. All right, Sabol, great question. All he did was sent us an audio question to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. We still need questions, so please keep them coming. They've been phenomenal of late, but we're cutting three episodes a week, so we could use more questions. And again, we we try to, uh, you know, Bump the ones to the top that are that are juniors. So if you have a young, inquiring mind in your home, please have them send a question, and uh, that'll be phenomenal. Phenomenal. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.